What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and now also on YouTube. If you're listening to the show now, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, just hit the button. It's not going to hurt you. If you're listening to your podcast feed, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search Locked on Blazers on YouTube and you'll find us. New show five days a week. It's it's a pretty good deal, and I'm just asking for your support. So if you haven't, please go support the show on YouTube. Today's show, oh, y'all. <laughs> We're talking about a Blazers 132-117 loss to the Dallas Mavericks. We'll do your fastest recap in the West, talk about what went wrong. The Blazers had a bunch of built-in excuses for this game. I'm not interested in hearing them. Straight up. And finally, we'll close the show emptying the noggin. We got some updates on CJ McCollum, some... Uh, uh, Changes to the league's health and safety protocols that could benefit the Trailblazers. And we'll talk a little bit about um, the sweeping roster changes that, in my mind, aren't coming anytime soon. But first, let's get into with your fastest recap in the West. The Blazers lose 132-117 to the Dallas Mavericks on Monday evening. Back after basically a week off that Blazers hadn't played since uh, Tuesday, December 21st. They got a week off between Christmas and a game that was postponed. Find themselves down five after one. Didn't look good early, but only down five after one. And then things got away from them. Chris Tapps Porzingis has 17 in the second quarter. And uh, a five-point game, the Blazers claw, black, claw back. They tie it at 41 with eight minutes and 16 seconds left. Nazir Little gets a steal, throws ahead of Damian Lord, who hits a three, like a 30 five foot three then uh after another steal they run the other way get a fast break Nazir little dunks the blazers uh he dunks like a putback on a missed miss cameron mcgriff layup the blazers are tied they're rolling Nazir little's bringing the energy tied at 41 they got were outscored 31 12 over the final eight minutes of the second quarter and that ended the game see ya down 72 53 at the break down 106 84 after three and trailed by as many as 26 in the third quarter trailed by as many as 29 in the fourth quarter and lost 132-117. A game they lose by 15 at home, give up 132 points. And it wasn't even that close. It wasn't e- it, w- it wasn't remotely close to the 15 it finished with. Like I said, Chris Tapps Porzingis got what he wanted. A season-high 34 points to go with nine boards, five assists, two steals, and two blocks. He was 12 of 21 from the floor. Got whatever he wanted. Uh, Dwight Powell, big early for the Mavericks. Had 11 in the first quarter, finished with 22. Uh, they got 18 off the bench from Brandon Knight, who I did not know was in the NBA. Shout out to Brandon Knight. On the Blazers side, Nazir Little, we'll talk about him more later in the show. He finished with 20 points, 10 rebounds, two steals, two assists, Three blocks on 7-14 shooting. Damian Lord, a big, just, just a testament to how good Damian Lord is. I thought he had a terrible night. Finishes with 26-5. and It's 5-15 from the floor, 3-8 of eight from the field, 13-14 at the free throw line. Not, Dame just didn't look good. Uh, Norm, did, Norm didn't have it. Bad Norm night. 3-12 of 12 from the floor, 15 points. 1-7 of seven from, from 3. Larry Nance finished with 12. And the Blazers in this game started Dame, Norm, Tony Snell, Nazir Little and Larry Nance Jr., they were undersized, and they were also playing without Chauncey Billups and without uh, lead assistant Roy Rogers, so Scott Brooks coached this game. I should have said that's your fastest recap in the West already, but um, this is your slowest recap in the West because I screwed up I screwed up the branding a little bit. But, you know, no head coach, no lead assistant, um, and, and, and uh, you know, shorthanded because they had seven guys in protocols. Here's the thing. So did the Dallas Mavericks. A mea culpa real quick before we get too deep into this. When I was doing uh, on Monday show, if you're if you're an, if you're a regular listener and you should be five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts. Um, 
I ran through the Blazers depth chart and I forgot to mention Greg Brown as guy who was going to play in this game. <laughs> and Greg Brown was the second sub off the bench. Uh, the first subs were, uh, you know, they played basically, uh, before the game, Scott Brooks told reporters, uh, and full disclosure, I'm not there. I'm still in North Carolina. Um, they, uh, that, that he was going to lean heavily on the eight roster guys. And that's what he did. That, that Dame, Norm, Nas, Nance, and Snell was the, was your five men starting group. And then CJ Ellaby, Greg Brown, and Anthony Simons off the bench. Ant had a really, really good game like he really started hot and he just couldn't keep it going after what looked like a really good first half he picked up two fouls and they kind of yanked him early um <laughs> uh, I guess there's some foul protection but um when you're undermanned I'd rather just play your guys and foul out that's I'll take it up with Scott Brooks but that's who played the only sort of um roster guy or new signee guy who got who got reg like real regular minutes was Cameron McGriff who I had thought just because of the size um McGriff looks like a good NBA athlete, the right NBA size, um, not much of an offensive player, but uh, you can see why why they're going to roll um, roll with him to some extent. So I guess that's your fastest recap in the West, but this was a game the Blazers weren't competitive in. You know, there's a lot of stuff like like we'll talk about it in a moment, but it's like there's a lot of excuses built in, but they just they just weren't competitive. Um, you you're going up against a Mavs team that was, you know, also shorthanded, also missing, also missing some big guns. You know, no Luka Doncic, uh, no Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, no Maxi Kleba, who's an incredibly important part for them, and you know, no Reggie Bullock, who's going to play minutes for them. And and the Blazers weren't competitive. Um, I think that's the most sort of the most damning part of this game. Um, you know, this was. This wasn't a game that they necessarily needed to win, but to be in the position they were in was pretty was pretty dis quite frankly pretty disheartening. They just didn't this this is a team that just didn't bring it, um, and that's what I want to talk about here in the second segment. Is there's a lot of excuses baked into this one. Uh, you know, you know what if you watched it, you know what happened. If you didn't watch it, um, then you're listening now. Like they got shellacked. They got they got absolutely crushed by a team that was equally undermanned. There's a lot of excuses built in. Um, Let's let's acknowledge those excuses, but um, I'm here to tell you that they don't matter. They don't they don't count. You don't get to make excuses when when you play. You don't get to make excuses when you play at the level the Blazers did. Um, you can acknowledge that you had some challenges, but um, there's there's more required, more asked of a team uh, than what the Blazers showed on Monday night at home against the Mavericks. Let's talk about that a little bit in the second segment. But before we do that, let's talk about Truebill. It's the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need you don't want or you simply forgot about on average people save up to 720 dollars a year with Truebill because companies are making it hard to cancel their subscriptions so Truebill works hard to make it incredibly simple all you do is link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap and your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel the unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to you're paying for a service so it's either one click because the app makes it simple or if the on the other end the company makes it hard to cancel subscriptions you're paying for a service and Truebill will cancel it for you. They always make it easy, no matter how, no matter what. I've used Truebill from the time I downloaded the app go, by going to truebill.com slash NBA to the time I was looking at my subscriptions on my phone, like right there, probably took 10 minutes, um, you know, maybe 12 if I'm being, if I'm being generous, but like 
very, very fast, very, 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 very simple. It could be something that uh, could help you get an eyeball on all your subscriptions, decide what you want to keep, decide what you want to stop paying for. Don't fall for those subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Go to truebill.com slash locked on MBA right now. It could save you thousands a year. That's truebill.com slash locked on NBA. All right. So we talked fastest recap in the West. I was kind of, I wanted to space these two things out because what happened in the game is, is you know, there's there's details of this game that matter. No Chauncey Billups, um, uh, no Roy Rogers, who's, who's the defensive coordinator, the guy who runs the Blazers defense. Um, might be a little damning for, for Coach Rogers because the defense stinks, but the defense stunk last year with another uh, coaching staff, so it doesn't matter uh, necessarily. Um, you know, the, the Blazers had seven players in, in protocols with uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and Trenton Watford and Ben McLemore and Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic and Cody Zeller. Like, they're shorthanded. They're missing uh, CJ McCollum, who's um, more on him later in the show, but like, is was not back from having a collapsed lung. He's missed almost three weeks. So it's built in. But the Mavericks on the other end also had their own seven players in in health and safety protocols. And we're missing their best player, you know, one of the best offensive players in the league in Luka Doncic. Um, the guy who's he, he's the highest usage rate in the NBA. He's Nobody has the ball in their hands more than Luka. He runs everything for the Mavs and everything runs through him. He's a darn fantastic offensive player. They were missing that. They're missing Tim Hardaway Jr., one of their best sort of instant offense individual score guys. They're Norman Powell in a sense. You know, missing Maxi Kleba, a, a good glue guy and defender, missing, missing Reggie Bullock, um, a Tar Heel. Everyone's worse when they don't have a Tar Heel. Um, like the Mavs were equally shorthanded. But like in addition to sort of just like the built-in excuses for the Blazers, as long as we, you know, missing their coach, they had a week off, right? They hadn't played since uh, December 21st. They were supposed to play the following Thursday. That game was postponed. Then they had a Christmas break. Then everyone comes back and they've got this big COVID outbreak. So they, they can't really, um, you know, they weren't going to practice until Sunday night anyways to give guys, uh, you know, Christmas weekend, but then, you know, they couldn't really get into it. And they're, they're introducing all these new guys with, um, you know, with, they added three G leaguers in uh, Cameron McGriff and Brandon Williams and Jaron Cumberland. The Blazers also reportedly signed uh, former Nets second round pick Reggie Perry, a big man who's going to help their backup center rotation, but he wasn't available. So like it's all these, all these excuses, right? The time off, the COVID stuff, um, the, the sort of trying to reintegrate new players along with uh, along with the the covid stuff and playing against a, a Mavs team that's specifically a difficult matchup right like Chris Porzingis is 7 foot 3 and he's not um he's not a post up machine like he's he's going to shoot jumpers and turnarounds but the first play of the game uh I watched this game with my dad who said the Blazers look like they're about to give up 130 and they give up 132. Uh, I, I don't think he stays up until 1 a.m. watching a lot of games, but he called this one. So shout out, shout out to him. Uh, but the first play of the game, it's like, um, you know, he was like, Chris Tapps isn't really physical or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but I'm worried about him just like being able to shoot over the top. First play of the game, ducks in at eight feet on Nazir Little and gets a little turnaround eight footer cash. And it was just the beginning. It was like just not enough resistance, not enough resistance to stop the um, stop the entry feed to him. Not enough resistance once he caught it, because if you let him catch it with two feet in the paint, he's going to score. Now he scored all over the rim. He scored or all over the court. He scored at the rim. He scored shooting threes. He scored slashing. But the Blazers just didn't play hard enough straight up like. Um, I said I wasn't going to praise them for playing hard here on out, but I will call it out when I see it. This was a game where they just needed to to um, match the Mavs' effort. And Scott Brooks said it after the game that he was disappointed that the team's um, 
effort was reliant on their shot making ability and on a night where Norman Powell and Damian Lord didn't shoot particularly well the defense wasn't there um, this is if you're scoring at home that's the second Blazers head coach this season to call out the team's effort in a press post-game press conference Chauncey Bopes has done it multiple times Scott Brooks did it here you know what bad teams do they do not play hard enough to win the game that's what the Blazers looked like they looked like a bad basketball team a bad basketball team because when you have this matchup that you know is going to be a problem you you have to scheme together to make it work. Now, the Blazers did something specific. That to start the game, they put Tony Snell on um, on Chris Epps-Porzingis, and they put uh, Larry Nance Jr. on uh, Dwight Powell. And the idea was, at least from my mind, is that you could, uh, if you didn't put Larry Nance into action, so he wasn't in the pick and roll, he could be your weak side help defender, right? Like, it, he's more often than not going to be able to be the, the rim protector. So you don't put him in the action, and you, um, and you use him as the helper. I understand the logic there. It's not what I would have done, but I, I like, I... I can follow that logic, right? Like I watch enough NBA basketball to sort of get what they're going for. Here's the problem. It didn't work right away and they didn't adjust. Chris Tapps had 17 in the second quarter. Like the game was over by the time it was like, oh, maybe we should do something else. And so that's on the coaching staff. But then there's just an effort stuff. Um, you know, the the Blazers were soft switching and the, the second line of their defense, the help side of their defense was horrific. That's effort. That's not like you can, there's some scheme stuff and maybe they shouldn't be doing what they're doing here. But rotating over into the paint early and, and, and being there ready to help or, or, you know, um, loading up and, and getting in that help position or just coming over to make things a little more difficult with some urgency. It just never happened. And it never happened with anybody. Dame had a couple really, really bad ones. Um, uh, Norm had a couple bad ones. Anthony Simons had a couple bad ones uh, when they're the low man in that situation. Uh, I thought Nazir Little, for as well as he played, had some miscommunications and just lost guys on defense. Um, and so this, the size issues are real. The size is a real thing, right? Like Chris Apsberlingas was seven foot three this entire game. That's undeniable. Seven foot three, literally every single minute of this game. But um, the Blazers didn't make it hard enough on him. They didn't make. They weren't physical enough on him. They wouldn't be the first team to guard Kristaps with someone a little bit smaller and try to just get into his body and make it tough on him. They didn't. They didn't do that. They never gave enough resistance to have the Mavericks get um, get uncomfortable. In fact, the Mavericks were comically comfortable, comically comfortable, recording 38 assists on 48 made field goals. They whipped the ball around. They picked the Blazers apart, and they got whatever they wanted. They got clean three pointers when they wanted them when the ball moved, and they got straight line drives against the Blazers changing defense. The Blazers played a lot of zone in this game to try to make up for their size. And the Mavs got straight line drives against the zone. The whole point of the zone is to keep guys out of straight line drives. This was just this was a bad game from a team that looks like a bad team. I I recognize and accept the 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 challenges that the Blazers face in this game for sure. Uh, I the excuses are built in and they're obvious and they're real. Those are real excuses. Uh, we we know what they went through the last week. We know that this was a specifically challenging matchup against Chris Epps-Porzingis, and the defense sucked and was embarrassing. Those are those are both true true items that that um, that that can exist at the same time. Like. The Blazers looked like a bad basketball team against Dallas. Bad offense where they were running, uh, you know, just spread pick and roll because that's what Dame's comfortable with, but no purposeful movement off the ball or anywhere else. A lot of possessions where if the pick and roll didn't work, you're just kicking it out to Norman Powell and hoping that he makes a pull-up jump shot. Norm can really shoot it, but if you're not putting him in a better position to succeed, it's bad news. It's bad offense. It's what a bad team does. It's bad defense where they give up open threes, they give up layups. They're bad when they're playing their sort of base uh, blitzing pick and roll style defense that they've adopted this year, and they're bad when they're playing a zone, losing guys and giving up penetration, giving 
giving up cuts down the rim, um, you know, giving up a ton of little drop-off passes for wide-open dunks. No resistance on that end. Uh, I, while I recognize that the Blazers had some challenges at this game, this was a this to be to to find yourselves down by twenty six points to the Doncicless Lucas Lucas Mavs is unacceptable. It's just there isn't there isn't a generous read on this game. There isn't a generous read. You know what the generous read is? That this is a bad basketball team. That's as generous as I can be. I could also say this is a bad basketball team that's going to get some help and get and could get better in the future because as as players get back and players get healthier and all this stuff. But right now, the team we saw play on Monday night, that team stinks. They stink. I mean, that, that this was a game where they didn't play hard enough. You play hard, you play hard and lose, sure. But you didn't they did not bring the the requisite energy to be competitive in an NBA game, coming off a week off, coming off a disheartening loss. This is sort of your chance to save your season um just by being just by being competitive. You might lose because of lack of talent. It's a talent league. The Blazers don't have a ton of it right now just because of of their health situation. They didn't give themselves a chance. They were they were not competitive after the first 16 minutes. It is what it is. That's who they are. I don't, we don't, I'm, I I told you I wasn't going to load up the optimism cannon. Um, I'm comfortable in pessimism. This is kind of the lane that I may be most comfortable in, but also like they haven't given me a lot of hope except for one fellow. Let's talk about him in the third segment. Let's talk about Nazir Little. Let's talk about CJ McCollum, who looks like he's getting close to a return. Uh, there's a change in NBA uh, protocols. And I want to talk a little bit about fake trades, because I know a lot of you watch that game and you say, how can we change the roster? Let's talk a little bit about that in the third segment. Before we do that, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whatever that is. If you want to bet on basketball games, be it f- fading a struggling Blazers team or any of the other games that happen in the association every night, you'll find more lines, more odds, more props than ever before on betonline.ag. You want to bet on the NFL, which is entering, you know, the final weeks of its regular season and the end of the playoffs, you can do that too. You want to bet on the college bowl season as we enter the college football playoffs and, and the ne- eventually national championship, you can do that too. If you want to bet on uh, hockey whenever the NHL returns, if you want to bet on soccer abroad, you can do that too. If you want to play your favorite Vegas casino games, all available on betonline.ag. So use the promo code LOCKEDON and you will get a 50% welcome bonus when you're making your first deposit on that website. You can do it on your desktop or your mobile device. That's locked on for a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. Blazers aren't very good, and I think we've beaten that. I've beaten it into the ground. I gave you nearly 20 minutes on the Blazers aren't being good, but I want to keep it real with y'all. Like, I I, I do this this show five days a week, um, and I could lie to you and say there's reasons that I feel optimistic. And I've, I've kind of tried to stay like, hey, you know, it might not be so bad. But after watching that game against the Mavs, it's like this team, this team's just a mess. They're no good. And, and, and they're no good because dearth of talent is one thing. Lack of focus and energy and effort and execution is a whole nother bird. And they've got both problems. They're, they're both do not have enough talent and then they do not play hard and smart enough to make up for that lack of talent. Like, um, that's what a bad, that is what a, that is the combination of what bad teams do. But there was one man on Monday night who gave me a Carolina, a Carolina kid recording this literally from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, maybe not hope, 
but a, a, a genuine bright spot. Nazir Little looked great in this game against the Mavs. He played really hard. Um, he, you know, he's making his jumpers, hit some pull-up mid-range jump shots. Uh, he was on this. He was on this show earlier this season, uh, right here on this podcast before, like after the first game of the season, and he talked about how he kind of views himself as a as a pull-up mid-range shooter, and the Blazers have aren't going to like pull the reins on that. We haven't really seen that so much, but in this game when they needed offense, Nas hit three pull-up middies. Like that's, um, those are difficult shots, but, um, it's in the bag for Nazir Little. He finished with 20 points, 10 boards, two assists, two steals, and three blocks. He was seven of 14 from the field, two of seven from three, four of seven at the stripe. He hits two more free throws. Like he goes six of seven in this game and finishes with 22, 10, two, two, and three. We're talking about just like a truly fantastic game. It's the second 20 point game of his career. It's the, his season high 20 points. And he just looked good. Like he, he played hard. Um, I don't think he played super smart on defense. He was part of the Blazers playing kind of a dumb defensive game. Absolutely. Like I'm not, Nas is not exempt from that. Um, I, I thought he got lost a couple times. He's not a great defender in the team concept. When the ball's right in front of him, he is, can be a monster, but in terms of like high level help defense it's not what Nas is doing right now but you know players have micro skills in defense the same way some people are good on offense it at you know dribbling and passing but maybe not shooting uh like it defense exists in the same sort of micro skill spectrum so um Nas is good at some things on defense and bad at others and I thought um the things he was bad at showed up in this game but also like he just played his butt off and and respect to him and this wasn't a game where he got a bunch of points um uh after the game was decided. I mean, the game was kind of decided during that uh, the final eight minutes of the second quarter when the Blazers uh, went away quietly and were outscored 32-12. to 12, But, um, uh, excuse me, 31-12. Uh, giving the maps too much credit. It was 31-12 to, to kind of end the game there in the last eight minutes of the second quarter. But Nas, you know, had 13-4 and four at halftime and 18-9 and nine after three quarters and finished with 20-10. and 10. Like, he was, he was the Blazers' um, he was the Blazers' brightest spot in this one. I don't think Dame played particularly well in this game. Uh, five turnovers, five assists. It felt like it didn't shoot well, had a bad, really bad defensive game. Um, this was, Nas was the bright spot for sure. So respect to Nazir a little. But he wasn't the only reason to be... I don't want to use the word optimistic. He wasn't the only reason to think that the things could get better eventually. Uh, according to the broadcast, uh, again, I wasn't in the arena. This is according to the broadcast. Shout out to Kevin and Lamar, who um, the game was so bad. They were having fun talking like, you know, sort of blowout jokes with seven minutes left in the third quarter. It's a long way home. Um but according to the broadcast, CJ McCollum was out uh, getting sh shots up pregame, and we have not seen him do that. Um, I assume if he's been doing basketball work a little bit, uh, he's been doing it behind the scenes at the PF, uh, that's the practice facility, um, or, you know, it just behind closed doors, you know, before the media is let in, before the before the doors are opened in, uh, at the Moda Center. But he was cleared to return to non-contact practice and ramp up his shooting and ramp up his conditioning. And according to the broadcast, CJ McCollum out there getting, going through like a, what sounded like a pretty typical warm-up is what uh, Kevin Calabro and Lamar Heard were saying on the broadcast. That's good news. Like that's, that's the thing that caught my, in a, in a bad basketball game, it was a game that caught, something caught my attention, said, oh. CJ, um, you know, conceivably he could be available Wednesday against the Jazz. Uh, Blazers play two games at the end of the week, Friday and Saturday. But I, I imagine we see CJ McCollum on the court this week. That's that is um, good news. Speaking of guys getting back out on the court, the NBA has slightly changed up. Um, it's I mean, not slightly, just straight up change. We don't need to qualify. It has changed up its health and safety protocols before it was 10 days and two negative tests in a 48 hour period to test out of the COVID protocols. Um, they're just trying to keep people from getting from, uh, you know, being 
communicating a, a pretty contagious disease. Um, so they were using um, sort of their stricter guidelines. They're moving towards something that looks similar to what the NFL is doing without kind of talking about the merits of the plan. Um, again, like I'm not a public health professional um, and I think people get riled up about this stuff and don't know anything. So um, as opposed to people on both ends, including myself, who don't know anything getting riled up about COVID, let's just talk about the rules of, of what the league is doing. They're changing it from 10 days to six days. So, and, and that's according to a report from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. That could put the Blazers, um, that could give them some help. So instead of having guys miss, um, you know, four full games and then maybe have five and a little bit longer, there's there's a chance that um, probably not Wednesday's game against Utah. Uh, uh, just timing-wise, that would be the earliest. That would be Trenton Watford and uh, Dennis Smith Jr. could potentially return. But the bulk of, like, the Nurk and the Rocco, Cody Zeller, um, the bulk of sort of the Blazers, and Ben McLemore, the bulk of the Blazers' like rotational core could conceivably be back the, for the weekend games in L.A. and then against the Atlanta Hawks. So... I think that's good news because, like I said, talent league. The Blazers need more players. Um, it could really help. They, you know, the roster obviously was missing front court depth, regardless, and then it it, it showed up in such a huge way on uh, on on Monday against the Mavs. Like I said, they're gonna, they're signing Reggie Perry to this uh, this hardship deal, former second round pick of the uh, of the Nets. He's like an undersized center, like six eight six nine center. Um, I kind of thought he was. Um, very briefly when he played for the Nets, I kind of thought he was good, like in terms of like backup centers, because he just like plays hard, sets screens and does things. Um, then he hasn't been in the NBA since then. So maybe that's a rough scout for me. But in terms of like, just like dudes who you need to call, I think Perry can, I don't know if he has like upside, but I think he has a chance to be relatively helpful in the near term as the Blazers, as the Blazers play, depending on how long folks are out. Like the, the six, the, the change in the six days doesn't mean that um, players will get out. It just means the potential to get out has been lowered to at least, you know, pretty much everyone was staying a full 10 days. Now, if you have to say six days, you still got to pass, you still got to have negative COVID tests. You still got to get all those things. Um, but uh, now the window is a little bit shorter. And um, if it goes into effect immediately, sounds like it might've already been into effect based the reporting from ESPN, guys can get out of the protocols a little bit earlier, assuming they're healthy, uh, all those things. So um, I think that's good. It's, it's probably good news for everyone. Everyone wants to play basketball. Um, it's like for the player, from the player's perspective, good news because they want to play basketball. So, um, so there there is the sort of change of protocols that I think will have a real impact on the Blazers. The other thing I just want to say to close the show is like, um, many of you have sent me like, you know, fake trade ideas, like as the Blazers kind of clearly look like a roster that can't be competitive have sent me fake trade ideas and this isn't to say i hate fake trades I, um i just like I, w I just want to end this show with a little caveat i don't think during this covid mess when every team you know the, the blazers played a team that was incredibly shorthanded the mavericks last night missing seven guys in protocols the blazers are missing another seven guys in protocols um they're going to play later this week they're um they're going to play the atlanta hawks who've had a whole bunch of uh, players in protocols you know they're going to um the Lakers who are, don't have Frank Vogel and have had guys in and out of the uh, of the health and safety protocols like there it's just it's every team in the league I don't think trade season is going to heat up until this wave has kind of calmed down a little bit um, so just like expectations wise I want to say like um, we're talking into January I would say MLK day because like you're just the people are trying to field a roster and find Cameron McGriffs out there um, to to have a basketball team to play each night. They're not um, thinking big structural trades yet. Now those, I think those still happen. Like something's going to happen in Boston, right? Something's going to happen in Portland. These teams are going to make deals. Eventually maybe something happens in Philly, right? But like, um, 
the reason that I'm not like crushing into sort of like big trade speculation yet is because I just I I don't think we're there. Like I don't I don't think we're there because of the state of the league. So I just want to be like sort of realistic about uh, why we're not diving deep into like make the trade, do it now. Because like I don't think you can get on the phone and do it now. Um, I I think we're. I, certainly in the new year and maybe deeper into the new year once once again this wave of covid infections kind of slows down a little bit in the league because right now it's um it's hard to hard to make phone calls when you don't know if you're going to have eight players available to play an nba game it's hard to mix and match and make trades and all those things it just this this has to calm down before we sort of get to the next uh ro- roster shaping that's just a little caveat for my listeners who have sent me a lot of ben simmons and miles turner ideas i hear y'all i hear y'all i just don't think it's happening right now that is going to do it for today's show um this is a Tuesday, December 28th show on, on Tuesday evening. This will be for Wednesday show. We're going to do a mailbag. So watch my Twitter feed at Mike G rich or email me locked on blazers, at gmail.com. I'll ask for questions there. Uh, we can talk about whatever. And I think that's probably a great way to trick me into talking about fake trades. If you want to get involved in that, it's a listener. We do listener submitted questions all episode long. So, so join us there on the mailbag episode. Like I said, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I truly appreciate it. I uh, help support the show and grow our community in a new, in a new platform and also see, see, my face uh put a put a uh, face to the voice if you're a podcast listener or just if you're watching on youtube just go ahead and subscribe five days a week F- new episode every day of the week pretty good deal and free for you so tell your friends about this podcast tell them they get wherever they are get podcasts and on youtube just search locked on blazers will be there waiting for you appreciate you listening talk to you soon